you would draw us near to Jesus. May we be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We worship you, O God, and we bless you for Jesus Christ. The center of it all, the center of our lives, the center of everything, Jesus Christ. We long for you, Jesus. We worship you and we honor you. In Jesus' name. Take our seats. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Amen. God is good. And all the time, God is good. So we're going to conclude with our series on study to show thyself approved unto God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Many people feel that they'll be approved unto God because of different things they do. But let us be encouraged that when we study, how do you become approved unto God? One of the ways is to study the scriptures, to study the word of God, and that will cause you and I to be approved by God. Oh, hallelujah. Now let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. So we are talking about the importance of studying to show yourself approved unto God. Hallelujah. The Bible says here, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman, which also means woman, that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth, NLT. When doing Bible study, it's good to move up with between versions. Hallelujah. Making sure that NESB and King James are what we are basing all our studies on, but to get some extra understanding, you use the different versions. Work hard so God can approve you. But this is work hard, but it's really study. But why not? Be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. ESV. I like the last part. Correctly explains the word of truth. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed. Rightly handling the word of truth. N-A-S-B. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. As a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Accurately. The word is accurately. Handling the word of truth. Now this is very important because... Not everyone knows how to handle the word of truth. 
Number one, so let's think about it. I'm also looking at myself. Not everyone, number one, knows how to handle the word of truth. Number two, some people handle the word of truth intentionally mishandling it. So meaning that I want to work something. I want to force the scriptures to say what it's not saying. So I massage what I want the scriptures to say into the scriptures. But it doesn't work that way. That's why handling, accurately handling the word of truth. So we, we, we must know how to accurately handle and explain the word of truth. NSB says, let's look at, sorry, NLT actually says it at the end. Let's see what NLT says. Correctly explains the word of truth. Very important. So you and I, whilst we are having our Bible studies, whilst we are having our quiet time, whilst we are trying to understand the scriptures, you and I must realize that we must explain and accurately understand and dig into the word of truth so that what the, the, the interpretation we get is what God intended us to get. Hallelujah. And that comes by reading the context. When we pray, before I read the Bible, most of the time, Father God, I pray by your Holy Spirit to give me understanding of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Then I dive in. And God has given us a promise that he's going to make sure that the Holy Spirit explains the scriptures. So you will see that the Holy Spirit is explaining the scriptures. You are unbiased. You are just trying to find out what God was saying. You read the context of it. What was the verse trying to say? What was God trying to tell you and I? The person who wrote it or was saying it, what, what was their intention? What, what were they trying to do? What were they trying to say? What did they want me to understand? What was the purpose? Then the word of truth is being explained properly. So that, first of all, it must be explained to us. We must learn how to explain the word of truth correctly to ourselves and then to others. But one thing God cannot stand is when people like myself or pastors or teachers do not handle the word of truth correctly. God takes a big offense to it. Because imagine Jesus Christ and his word cannot be separated. You cannot separate Jesus from his word. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the logos, and the logos was with God, and the logos was God. So, when we play with the word of God and we try to let the word of God say what it's not saying to ourselves and to others, God takes offense. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you from now on, when you are reading the Bible during your quiet time, read it and let it apply. When I'm having my quiet time, I take my time. I read the scriptures that God wants me to read. After reading it, I, the words that might need extra explanation or might mean different things, I go to the concordance and I get the, the, the definition, the example, what the word means. I'm sure some of us remember. Then after that, then I try to do an, an explanation. Well, wh wh what was the context? I, I have to read a few verses before and a few verses after to get the body of wh what was happening when the verse was, I mean, what, what, what was the background of the verse? Then I go into each of the verses and try to understand what God was trying to say. What does this verse mean? 
What, 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 is this a promise? Is this a command? Is this a warning? And then, after the explanation in detail, then I summarize the explanations so that I have summary one, two, three, four, and then to do. Then I have to have my quiet time. If you are doing a work and take more, uh, maybe an hour and a half, two hours or more. If you, at least if I'm doing quiet time and it's not at least 45 minutes, then I've not really done it well. Or I was in a rush and it to be, to, to be continued. Very, very important because that is how, we, we, th that is a way to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. And the Bible says that we will be approved by God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. So you and I are approved by God when we study the scriptures well. I don't know much, but at least I am trying to know and I'm trying to study. There's a lot I don't know. There's a lot we don't know. Even in heaven, in a billion years, no, sorry, in trillion, trillion, trillion years, it will be like a few seconds and we will still not know much about God. Hallelujah. But at least God needs to, wants to see that we are making the effort to study to show ourselves approved unto God. But it doesn't mean that if you don't study one day, you miss it. Second day, you miss it. Oh, I'm busy. I miss it. I don't have my quiet time or Bible study. Then it means God is angry with you. No. God just says that. Forget the past. Forget about yesterday. Let's move on to today. Forget about the past. Yesterday is gone. Today is another day. Let's continue. You miss it the next time, and you only are able to do once a week. No problem. It's an improvement. Then you move to twice a week. It's an improvement until you get to every day. We are all work in progress. But the main thing is that let's study to show ourselves approved unto God. Number two. 1 Peter 3.15. Be but sanctify. Glory to God. The Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. It means that if someone who is a Christian or someone who is an unbeliever comes and says, I don't understand this in the Bible. In fact, I'm having some doubts about certain things in the Bible. Don't say, oh, as for you, every time you have doubt, or oh, as for you, just believe it by faith. That's not what the Bible is saying. No. The Bible is saying that you and I must study and by studying, we will be able to understand why we believe what we believe. So I always say that when someone has a, someone, a friend from another religion and they have questions, I always say, give, me their, give, their, give my number to them. Because I love to engage in these things. Because you will learn more when you engage in these things. I love it. Jehovah's Witness, this, this, that. Every, just come. We'll talk. Hallelujah. Not because uh, 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 I'm like I know everything, but I'm following the scriptures. It says, and be ready always 
to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. If you don't know it, then you learn it. The easiest when is when you, 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 uh, 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 husband, there was a time she, he would send me an email with some uh, uh, questions. That's easier because what do you do? You just go and research and then you give the answer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Long ago, he asked me about Melchizedek and then he asked me about Rehab and lies. Val valid question. God approved of Rehab. Does that mean he approved of her lie? And then I did the rest. I, no, I don't even. It's, I just got the verses, and the answer is no. He didn't approve of the lie. He approved of her faith, and then she was justified by God, and then lied, committed sin. When you read James and Hebrews, where we talk about Rehab's justification, there is no single verse that says that and Rehab lied and God approved of her. If you can get to it. So James 2 and Hebrews 11. Now, Rahab, what the Bible says is that she had faith in God and hid the spies and sent them off another way. And that is what God used to approve of her. Hallelujah. Likewise also, James 2.25, likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and had sent them out another way? Didn't he say and lied? No. So what does it mean? God expected, just like the three Hebrew boys, for Rahab to have sent, hid the spies, sent them off. Good. By faith, Rahab the harlot perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. So God expected her to receive the spies with peace. That's Hebrews and James. And then when he, she sent them off another way and the soldiers came to her, she would say, I won't tell you. And they will kill her or they will put her in fire and she won't die. We don't know what God expected. But she was justified and then sinned by lying. But because she was a person of faith, God forgive her of her sins. Like Abraham also lied. You can put your hands together for Jesus. But, but, but the thing is that we must study. I, I've, I've gotten a book about questions and answers. Con So-called contradictions in Christianity. Or so-called contradictions in Bible verses. And I've studied those. There's one guy, Case for Christ. Josh McDowell, or I can't remember. Case for Christ. Case for God case for the creator because I want to study. I've got different books on apologetics and so many things because I want to know. When I see that something makes sense or doesn't make sense, I want to find out. So I knew that based on how the Bible is describing things, if, Jesus, if Mary was not from the land of David, then there would be problems. It's not just Joseph because Joseph was not the physical father but adopted father. To give him the adopt the, to give him the legal right because it's through the male, to give Jesus the legal right to the throne of David to rule the, on the throne of David, Joseph had to come in, but Mary also must have been born in Bethlehem or must sorry not born but must be from the line and lineage of David, otherwise the biological descendant of David, if he, he, that she didn't come from David. So let me say it again. The biological descendant of Jesus, of Mary, sorry, 
uh, Mary should have been a biological descendant of David. Otherwise, Jesus could not be the Christ. But when you read it in Luke, when it's given the genealogy of Jesus, I took a so long time ago, I, I wrote everything down in a spreadsheet. And, and Luke starts from Abraham. No, sorry. Luke starts from Adam. Luke, history. He's a history guy. He starts the genealogy of, genealogy of Jesus from Adam. Matthew wants to show that Jesus is the Messiah according to the scripture. So he starts from Abraham. So Luke, it goes from Adam all the way, Adam, Seth, all the way to uh, 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 Abraham. And then Matthew from Abraham. And then it gets to David and the branching of case. That's enough. Then it shows that Mary but when you read the Bible, you can easily, unless you read the genealogy, you might easily, you understand. So these are things that you need to find out. Because one day you will meet somebody who will say that, but J Joseph was is not enough. Mary needs to be from the line of David because I needed to be convinced about that. That's why I put the special, that's why I wrote it down long ago, nine, uh, uh, what, 2000, yeah, 1999, some long time ago wrote everything down because we need to be able to give a reason for why we believe what we believe and bless God it was all there Abraham the two Mary's genealogy from Luke Joseph's genealogy from uh, Matthew and then when it gets to Abraham then the two of them are together the same the same the same the same and then David then it splits but the Mashiach must come from the line of David it when someone says that there is no God don't use don't quote it from Bible someone says I don't believe in the Bible I don't believe there's a God and, you, and I don't believe Jesus existed you can't use Bible because the person will say I don't want to hear anything about the Bible I'll, I'm blocking my mind I don't believe I believe Jesus is a myth Someone asked me that, uh, told me that during outreach. So what do I do? I know about extra biblical people. I know about Josephus, Flavius Josephus, who wrote the Antiquities of the Jews, who talked about Jesus Christ. I know about Tactus, who was a Roman soldier, who wrote a derogatory thing about Jesus Christ, confirming his historicity. So we have to do by extra study. Because a time is coming that if we are not careful and we don't do the extra studies, the heresies around will confuse people. You and I must be convinced of the resurrection. Be convinced because eventually there will be some heresies that will even start to doubt the resurrection. Start to point, poke holes in the resurrection. And if there is a hole in the resurrection for a person, that person cannot go to heaven. Anyone who does not believe Jesus rose from the dead will not go to heaven, will go to hell. So imagine, very soon that will come. So that's why we need to study to show ourselves approved unto God and we must be ready to be able to give a reason for why we believe what we believe. Amen. Let's see if I can get one more since we are recapping. Second Timothy 2.25 Am I preaching to somebody here? In meekness 
instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the knowledge of the truth. Okay. Proverbs 22, 21. Okay, I've got, yeah. That I might make thee known the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. Look at this in NLT. In this way, you may know the truth and bring an accurate report to those who sent you. So when we are people who are deep in the word and study the word, we will be so truthful that any account we give will be truthful. Imagine someone sends me, go and see how situations are here. You will be truthful, you not lie. Are you getting me? So those who don't study the scriptures well usually will lie about reports. The report. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Very, very important. So I want to encourage you from now on, always be truthful. Amen. Always be truthful. At work, be truthful. Especially at work, be truthful. Because some people at work, they lie for their friend. Their friend came in at a certain time and someone will punch for the friend. Clock in or punch in or whatever they call it. Or there is something that is happening and you know the truth. But you'll be asked, is this what happened? And you say, yes, it is. Meanwhile, you know it's not. It happens everywhere also at work. So when the word of truth is in you and I, our yes will be yes, our no will be no. And we will be truthful. Am I speaking to somebody? We will be truthful. Because it's very unfortunate, but Christians lie. Yes. And they say it's white lie, green lie, yellow lie, black lie, small lie. But no matter how small and yellow it is, it can send someone to hell. There have been times that you are in a corner and you want to, you, lying will be convenient. It's better to avoid it than to lie. Now I try my best not to lie. I, try, I mean, no one is worth my lying. Yes, it's, it's not worth, I mean, who, who, who? I mean, is the person, what can the person do to me that I should lie? The worst is that they'll be angry with me. But either say I will not answer it. Avoid it. As children are excluded from this statement. Because you can't tell your parents I'm going to avoid it. You have to answer. You have to answer. Hallelujah. Am I preaching here? <laughs> you, 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 but you, we, we, honesty is very important. The belt of truth is the belt of the truth of God's word and the belt of speaking the truth. When people speak to you and you say A, it must be A. It shouldn't be that later on you discover that it was B. And also, I'm also trying my best not to 
say something that I'm not sure of, just in case I'm wrong. I don't know if you get what I mean. Very, very important. Oh, did you hear that this person was doing this bad thing? Oh, did, did you, did this, this lady, do you know what she was doing yesterday? This guy, do you know what he did in his room? Do you know who I saw him coming with? If you are not sure, it's important to just chill. Because you will not be given an accurate report. And you will not be truthful. Some people are so confident about things based on assumptions. I have assumed many times and I was wrong in my assumptions. How many have assumed that we are wrong? But when you are filled with the word, I'm telling you, when you are about to make an assumption, you be careful. I told my mother something, and it is partly true. It's about 80% true. But I wasn't sure then. I thought it was 100% true. Then I realized that it is 80% true. So I told her that I, I removed the whole thing and said, it is, I'm, I'm wrong. Zero true. I'm wrong because I'm talking about, about someone. Who is not a family member? It was, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So it happens to everyone. So it's better to confess and just say, look, you know what? This is not true. This, this is not true. Not about a family member. How many get what I'm saying? It's not true. Be and, and it happens, it happens all the time. All of us can fall short. And God doesn't like it. Because if you are not able to correct it with the different people, if you are not able to correct it, then you have bore for you, you bore false with false witness. If it's just one person you can correct it, but what if it's spread? God will hold you accountable. Because one of the things God hates is bearing false witness against your neighbor. But you can see how easy it is. Even among siblings. I'm sure every one of us can identify with the time that we were sure of something and said something and realized that no, it was wrong. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. Okay. Amen. Next. Number three, we must study to show ourselves approved unto God so that uh, we can be convinced and stable. Hallelujah. Proverbs 15, 28. We must be convinced and stable about God and about what we know in the word. How can someone convince you that Jesus didn't rise? Can someone convince you that Jesus, when he died, uh, no, that Jesus is a prophet? Can someone convince you that, uh, I mean, what? That thanks is for, uh, is, is, is for those of yesterday and yesteryear, but thanks doesn't apply to us. 
a relative of mine gave me a book called The Charismatic Phenomenon. And it talks about how tongues, the charismatics, had deceived into thinking that tongues is for us today. Meanwhile, tongues is for yesterday and yesteryear, and people are being deceived, charismatics. He gave me the book. But when I read the book, I saw so many holes in the book and so many inconsistencies, and they didn't bring verses they should have brought. I said that. Just put this aside. Many years ago. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. So you and I as righteous people, we must be careful to study to know a matter. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. And I'm talking about the Bible. Number four. When we study to show ourselves approved unto God, we will know how to handle circumstances. We will know how to handle circumstances. Am I preaching to somebody? It means that when circumstances are not going our way, or we are going through difficulties, or we are going through pain, we will not say that God has failed us. I've heard it so many times from people. Oh, God failed me. I said, no, God cannot fail. Oh, God has disappointed me. That, yeah. Yeah, God disappoints people until they realize that it was not a disappointment, but it was to our advantage. Amen. So, I, I can't help fe feeling disappointed, but when the thing is complete, then I'll realize that I thank God that I went through this. And that if I hadn't gone through this particular situation, things would not have been the way they are now. So sometimes difficulties are a necessity. Even though we are not supposed to embrace them, but we are supposed to fight them, sometimes difficulties wind up working together for our good. But we need to study the word so that we can understand how God acts. How God moves, the things God uses to bless us, the things God uses to refine us. If we don't study the word, we will think that God hates us, or we think that God has forsaken us, or we will feel that God is not interested in us, or we will feel that God doesn't love me anymore. Because if he loves me, why would I be going through this? If he loves me, why would I be going through that? I remember one of the uh, uh, certain sister, a certain sister long ago. Lillian. I remember when she was in the world and started coming to church in Minneapolis, started coming to church. As she's driving to church in the winter, her car will skid up the road and spin. Almost a fatal accident. So she won't be able to come. Then the next time she's coming, the child will have a high temperature. So she won't be able to come. Then it happened a few times, and then one day she called me and said, Pastor David, I can't come to church because my child has a high temperature. And she said, no, I will not allow this. This thing keeps happening every Sunday morning. I'm going to come to church. By the time she entered church, the fever left the child, and there were no more problems. No more problems. 
So someone will say that, wow, is this what God is doing when I'm in church? Some people, when they start serving God, then problems start. Problems start. So you ask yourself, what is going on? What's the point of serving God when I'm going through all these problems? Before I started serving God, I was not going through these problems. Why am I now going through these problems? When we study to show ourselves approved unto God, we'll know that this is how God works. We will know that the heroes of faith, the people who God loved, they went through other things than we are going through. Who has had to wait 40 years to have a child? Or, is it Abraham? How many years? 25 years. Or 40 years to be king or to get your promise, the promise. Who, who has had to wait so many years, 25 years, 30 years, 40 years to receive what God has told you you will get? Who has had to go into the den of lions? Which of us? Which of us have had to go through the fiery furnace? Which of us have been cast into the innermost jail for doing good and for not taking someone's wife as she permitted? Oh, David would have gone direct. That we know. Easy. But Joseph was a good man. Joseph was a good man. But God's favorite was David. May you and I be the Davids. I don't need to say, may you and I am David. So, <laughs> How many are getting what I'm saying? So you and I can clearly see that we need to understand how God operates. Isaiah 58.10. We must understand that the God we serve, he deals with us in a certain way. Uh, 49.10. Oh, yeah, 40, 49.10. The God we serve, when he's interested in you, he deals with you in a certain way. It's the 48. Look at 48.10, 49.10. It's one of them. God has refined us not as silver. I think it's 48.10. Good. Hallelujah. We can see clearly that the kind of God we serve, the people he's very interested in, he intentionally selects them to go through fire. You can imagine the Son of God, God Himself, when He was anointed by God, when he, the dove descended upon Him, and He was baptized and He was going up out of the water. What did God say to him? In the, what did God say? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. What happened after God approved him? Then he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Right after, this is my beloved son and I'm pleased with him. Now, let's go to the wilderness. So you and I can see that the way our God is, when you are going through a difficulty, don't assume that it is because God doesn't like you. Rather, assume that it is because God is interested in you and God has selected you for a blessing. Oh, I thought I'd hear amen. Yeah. Job, when God is bragging on you, he's bragging on you and the bragging is by allowing you to go through things. He doesn't cause it, but he allows it. Hey! I'm very sure if I ask how many of us want God to brag on us, we we'll all lift our hands. But it means something. For God to brag on you and I, it means some crying. 
I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. It means I'm crying. Isaiah 48, 10 says, For I have refined thee, but not as silver, or but not with silver. I have chosen in thee in the fairness of affliction. NLT. I don't know, I'm preaching to somebody here. So, so studying to show yourself approved unto God, when you study the Bible, you will not backslide because of difficulties. Rather, you will fight the difficulties. Rather, you will pray against the difficulties because God doesn't want us to go through difficulties even though he allows it. That's why he said, pray that God will lead us not into trials and temptations in the Lord's prayer. I think it's a bit hot. Don't put it off again. Just increase it a bit, please. I have refined you, but not in the way silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the fairness of suffering. That's how I'm refining you. So therefore, someone who is studying the word and understands how God acts cannot say that God, you don't love me anymore. Of course, I'll say God, why? That's what I want. I'll, I'll keep saying God, why? Because there are many things I keep asking God, why? This was simple for you. Why didn't you, why did you, didn't you just deal with it? Why did you allow this? Why? But whilst I'm saying the why, at least I know that this is his method. But I'll say that, yes, it's your method, but why? Expressing my feelings. Why? <laughs> Hallelujah. So that is important for us to know. And it's also important for us to know that when we go through difficulties, there is a better outcome. We will move forward. We will move to a higher level than we were. Why do I say that? Because the famous verse we all know in Romans 8.28 says it. For we know, but we know that all things work together for good. All things means the mistakes. All things means the wrong things we did. All things means the crying. All things means what? The disappointment. All things means all things. And we know that all things work together for good. But not for every Christian. So it means that when you are a Christian and you don't fit the criteria I'm about to mention, too bad. <laughs> but when you fit in, then you are good. To them that love God, to them who are the called, according to his purpose. So far as I'm called, so far as I love God, I'm set. Now, who are the called? Everyone is called who is a Christian. Glory to God. But the point is, this word, those who are called, means everyone is called. But who is going to heed to the call? Now, let me give you an example. Just. Okay. I'm calling these three. Only two come. I'm calling these three. Come. Come. I'm calling you to 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 come. So. Everyone here has been called. Come! But no, no one comes but these two. 
So I choose these two to go into the banquet room and to receive their blessings. So everyone was called, but only two heeded to the call and came, and they are the ones who were chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. So the two who came are the two who were chosen. Let's go. Let's go. I'll put your hands together for Jesus. That's the problem. So we are called, but the chosen ones are those who decide to heed to the call. Because God usually doesn't tell you what is on the other side. He just says, come. Moses, when he was uh, uh, revealing himself to Moses in the burning bush, he, Moses just saw the bush. And then Moses said, let me turn aside to see this great sight. But before Moses turned aside, God was silent. He was just in the burning bush. But he was quiet. When Moses turned aside and the Lord saw that Moses turned aside, then, Moses, then the Lord called him. So it's very important for us to see that we must realize that we, we, we must heed to the call so that we will be chosen. So for all things work together for good. To them that love God and to those who have been chosen and have accepted the call. I don't know if you're hearing what I'm talking about. But the one who is studying will know that this is not a good problem, situation, but it will work together for my good. What the devil meant for evil, God is going to turn it around for my good. That's what I know. What the devil meant for evil, God is going to turn it around for my good. Second Corinthians 4.15 says, all things are for our sakes. All. All is all. All things. Not some things. All things. All things. All things. All things. Philippians 1.29. We read 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18 and Romans 8, 18. But let's just go to Philippians 1.29 just since we're finishing today. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him but also to suffer for his sake. So God has already said it. Oh, God doesn't love me. Some people have stopped believing in God because of suffering. If there is a God, how can he allow suffering in the world? You've not studied. If there is a God, how can God allow sufferings? Or how can God cause sufferings? God didn't cause it. God allowed it. God gives us free will. The, pen, the, the reward or the result of sin will be the famines will be the sufferings. If human beings decide not to sin, there'll be no problems. Now, God could have just said, hey, well, let me wind everything up. Let me just eradicate sufferings. Whoa! But God is bound by his word. He can't just do that. He's bound by his word. He has chosen to exalt his word. So he can't do that. So that's why he allows suffering. But at the end of the day, when everything is said and done and there's the, the new millennium and, and Jesus Christ comes, then there'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more pain. Even the lion and the lamb will eat together and be around together. Yeah. 
What do you think? Amen. And then, finally, when we study to show ourselves approved unto God, we will know how to use our faith and defeat the devil. We will do what? Know how to use our faith and defeat the devil. Because when you study, you will know how to apply the word of God in different ways. When you study the word, you will know how to put your armor on. Now, the whole armor of God is just different applications of the word of God. Literally. The whole armor of God is just different applications of the Bible. How many realize what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, they are just different applications of the word of God. So if you don't study the word of God to know how the word of God works, you are now not to know how to apply the armor and put the armor on. Think about it. You, 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 you need to know how to put the helmet on. That helmet, if you don't, it can cut you if you don't put it on well, at least in the Roman times. <laughs> the shield is so sharp that you, you, you need to know how to use it. For example, Ephesians 6, uh, uh, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not, that's verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, let's go on, number one. Stand therefore, having your loins get about with truth, or having the belt of truth on. Now, the belt of truth is, how do you apply the word of God to get your belt of truth on? The belt of truth means just studying the word of God so that you know the truth. Studying the word of God so that you and I will know the truth. And when we know the truth, we will not be lies. When we know the truth, we will not lie, but we will speak the truth. Am I preaching to somebody? Because the truth is important. Not only speaking the truth, but knowing the truth. So the belt of truth is the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. Then your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now what it means is that you're, you're, the, the, uh, uh, preparing the gospel of peace is your shoes. Now your shoes are very important. Stones and glass can cut you if your shoes are off. The best way to describe it is what in Die Hard, I think it's with a vengeance or one of these Die Hard, where he was gaining mastery over the enemies and they, sh they shot some glass, marble glass, and all the, he was barefooted and all the glass came on the floor and as he was walking, cut him because his shoes were off. Blood, he was weakened. 
So the, the, the shoes, it means that when you are preparing, <laughs> when you are preparing to share the word of God, your shoes are on. Because anytime you are preparing to study, to share the word of God with others, the preparation of the gospel of peace, anytime you are, you are sharing the scriptures with someone else, you are learning the scriptures and you are learning how to study to show yourself approved unto God. So it's giving you strength and it's, 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 a, it's shoes. So you, you put your shoes on by preparing to preach or preparing to share with others. Am I preaching to someone? You also, when you tell people about Christ, you go to a new school. The, 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 one of the, uh, a certain pastor told me about some friend, a, a friend of his who was very dedicated to God. Then he went to university. He told everyone I'm a Christian and encouraged people spiritually. So when they were going to the bars, they didn't call him. But this other guy who was a very solid Christian when he entered university, he didn't tell any of them he was a Christian. And they invited him to the bars, and he, that was the end of his Christianity. The shoes. Then, after that, then you also have the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the breastplate of righteousness is applying the word of God. Yes, therefore, having your Lord's get about the truth, the breastplate. Now, the breastplate of righteousness is knowing your right standing with God. Knowing that you and I are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. So if someone who has a breastplate down is someone who has lied or has sinned or has fornicated or has done some sin and says, God doesn't like me anymore. I've sinned. I'm not fit to be in church. The breastplate, you've put it down. It's down. Or you stole. But someone who has a breastplate up is someone who says, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And therefore, when I have faith in Jesus Christ, I have back into right standing with God. So the breastplate is on saying that, yes, Satan, you're not going to trick me. Yes, I've fallen short, but I have confessed my sins. And because I've confessed my sins, I'm back into right standing with God. Because I've repented and I've confessed my sins, I'm back into right standing with God. My breastplate is high up. So you see that I needed to know the scriptures so that I can say to myself that I am righteous because I have faith in Jesus Christ. Without knowing the scriptures and reading the scriptures, you will not be convinced that you are righteous. And that the person who sinned and murdered yesterday and had orgies yesterday, John Jackson X, and the person who has been holy and sanctified, when John Jackson X confesses his sins or her sins, we are equally righteous. Yes. Because it's not my righteousness. Because mine alone is filthy. The holiest person's righteousness is filthy. But my righteousness is not mine. It's Jesus' righteousness. Whose righteousness can supersede Jesus' righteousness? Therefore, I am super righteous. In fact, I am at the peak of righteousness. No one can be more righteous than me. David Saki, no one can be more righteous than me. In fact, I'm at the peak of righteousness. Me. Why? Because it's not my righteousness. Jesus' righteousness. Whose righteousness is higher than Jesus' righteousness? None. Therefore, you are the peak of righteousness. No one can be ever more righteous than you and all of us if you are in Jesus Christ. But that's because you've studied and you know what you're doing. Your breastplate is on. Next verse. I don't know how I'm preaching to somebody. Verse 15. Time is almost up. 
Okay, 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So you see that I've applied the word of God in different ways. Now the shield of faith says, sickness has come. I must know the scriptures about the children's bread, about God in Exodus saying that, for I am the Lord that healed thee, that I am Jehovah Rapha, that uh, by his stripes I was healed. First Peter 2.20, uh, 4. I must know Isaiah 53, 4 to 6. I must know that he himself bare our sick, uh, uh, sicknesses and bear our, uh, sorry, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Matthew 8.17, I must know these verses. I must understand that he, he took my sicknesses and diseases on the tree. I must know that Isaiah 53, 4 says, by surely he was, surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we didn't steam in stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Isaiah 53, 4 is the healing part. Five is total healing. Let's go to four. That's what we're looking for. Look at this in ESV. Many people feel that it's five, but it's four. Isaiah, uh, Matthew 8, 17 says, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses was here. It was Isaiah 53, 4. Please go to ESV, ESV, quickly. Time is up. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Use NLT. Just look at a couple of versions. There's no time to go into the Hebrew, but just believe it. Okay. Um, go to, look for a version. Let me look. You guys see. Let me show you a version that says it. Isaiah 53. Am I preaching to somebody? Still on NLT. Okay, good. Let me find it. Okay, look at even NIV. What does NIV say? Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Hallelujah. Berean Study Bible says, Surely he took on our infirmities and carried our sorrows. NASB. What does NASB say? I, I think um, when you do your Bible study, surely uh, NASB, look at the other NASB. This NASB says, however, it was our sicknesses that he himself bore and our pains that he carried. Amen. Look at Amplified, the real Amplified. And then we continued, and then we continue. Hallelujah. Amplified. Surely he hath borne our griefs into brackets, what? Sicknesses, weaknesses, distresses and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if it was, or as if with leprosy. Now think about it. Someone is sick. How do you put your shield of faith on? By his stripes, I was healed. First Peter 2.24, by his stripes, I was healed. 
And if by his stripes I was healed, then it means that I'm putting my shield of faith on saying that I'm not going to allow this sickness to affect me. I'm not going to accept the sickness because by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. My shield is on. There are troubles coming your way. There are difficulties. You put your shield of faith on. Verses that will counter the problem is your shield. Because when a verse, you, you, you quote a verse, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. You are suffering with poverty. What do you say? Jesus Christ was rich, but became poor so that through his poverty, I will be rich. My God shall supply all my needs. So you are quoting the scriptures against the problem. Your shield is on. That is the application of the shield of faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. Now, the next one is what? The sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Now, the sword of the spirit is using the word of God to attack. If you are afraid, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a sound mind. You can use it as a shield, or you can use it as a sword. So therefore, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you, Satan. You've cut him. So, how many can see clearly that Without studying the word of God, you will not know how to put your, your, your armor on. And when you put your armor on, you'll be victorious. And you'll be able to overcome the world. You'll be able to receive victory over all circumstances. I don't know that I'm preaching to somebody. Your faith will be strong. Your faith will be strong. You will be as bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Lions are bold. You see a huge elephant. Huge. And lions will attack it. They are bold. And God wants us to be bold like lions. Yes. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. Proverbs 28.1 But the righteous are bold as a lion. People of faith are can do people. I can do it. I can do it. I can do all things. You and I must have that attitude of faith. Look, we can do it. This is impossible. We are going. We can do it. We can do it. We almost turned back. We're in Honduras. Where, Fred, you remember? We're going to some, I think it was day 10. We had a 12-day or 13-day crusade. We're going to a corner. And the road, it, there was no road. And it was dark. We're all afraid. One of the ladies, I think it was Lady Deborah, said, Hey! There was no road. We tried to go live, but there was no internet, so we went off. That's a place in Honduras. It wasn't in jungle Africa, in Honduras. We're afraid. Because there was no path. Oh, we're afraid. No path. You just had to find, and it was late. We don't know whether someone will catch us. <laughs> All those, were you thinking about that? I was thinking about that. Somebody will stop the car because you can't drive fast. If someone stops you, you are done. But the righteous, we said, we'll go. I said, we'll go. I said, we'll go. When you know the word, when you study the word, God will give us faith. 
God will give us tenacity. We will be bold like lions. We will do what we would not have otherwise done without faith. I don't know whether I'm speaking to somebody. So I want to encourage you to study to show yourself approved unto God. Not to be a workman or woman who can be ashamed, but a person who can rightly divide the word of truth accurately. God will bless you. Shall we stand to our feet? Hallelujah. And let's bless the Lord. And let's speak to him. And ask him to be gracious. And bless us. And make his face shine on us. Oh Lord. Let your wonders be known and your salvation seen all over. Lord, speak to us. Thank you for your word. We pray that we will study to show ourselves approved unto you, God. We don't want to be ashamed. We want to be able to rightly divide your word. We want to be convinced about your word. We want to be sure about your word. We want to be able to give the reason to anyone who asks us why we believe what we believe. Why we believe in tongues. Why we believe that tongues is for us today. Why we believe that Jesus is God. Why we believe that Christianity is the only way. Why we believe that there is no other way to God, to heaven, but Jesus. Zero, zero, zero chance to heaven without Jesus. We, we must be convinced, Lord. Help us all to be convinced. Touch each and every one watching those watching here, those watching in Minneapolis, those watching all around, that we will be convinced. We will be convinced. We will be convinced. We will be convinced. In the name of Jesus. Just speak to him. Ask him to draw you deeper into his word. To know his word. To love his word. To study his word. we are watching if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you are watching you're online and you want to say pastor pray with me I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior I want to be born again I want my sins forgiven I want to be washed with the blood of Jesus then repeat after me Heavenly Father I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please come into my heart. Please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Please come into my life. 
Forgive me for all my sins. Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today I belong to Jesus Christ. From today I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father God, we thank you for those who have given their lives to you, O God. Keep and preserve them. In Jesus' name we pray. And the saint said, Amen. Amen. We may take our seats. Hallelujah. Anyone who is interested in those books is Lee Strobel. Just McDowell wrote some books, but Lee Strobel wrote Case for Christ and Case for Faith. Hallelujah. Lee Strobel. And then Josh McDowell also wrote some books about Lee Strobel. Hallelujah. Very, very, uh, just in case anyone is interested. Yeah, Josh McDowell also wrote um, and Tough Questions and Answers to what Josh McDowell. Very good. If you, uh, oh, come on. Answers to Tough Christian Questions. Why is it not? Okay, good. Yeah. Technology is... I should double tap. <laughs> yeah, but it keeps... Oh, I should keep my hands there. Don't make it worse, please. <laughs> Thank you. Answers to tough Christian questions. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's Josh McDowell. Okay. Shall we uh, pray over our offering? Father God, bless our offering. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, you love me too much, oh. Too much, oh. Too much, oh. Access love, oh. Oh, Jesus, you love me too much, oh. Bless our offering in Jesus' name, amen. For another, uh, there are so many of them. I'll just give one more. Lee Strobel, finding the real Jesus. Finding the real Jesus. So many of them. Hallelujah. God bless you. 
Father God, we bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you those online. God bless you those in Minneapolis. I want to say shalom, shalom to you all. And we welcome our sister Emma. What a powerful, powerful, powerful word of God. Amen. God bless you so much, Reverend David. We are so happy that you are a pastor. Amen. God bless you. Expand your territory. Increase you. Strengthen you. Cause, uh, 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 or give, I mean, expand you. Amen. And silence your adversaries in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a powerful message. Amen. Amen. Very, very powerful message. Steady to show yourself approved unto God. Amen. Reverend David has given us a lot of scripture. You know, that tells us that the studying that he's talking about is actually studying the word of God so that you can tell others. Amen. Oh no. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, continually hearing the word of God. So I want to encourage you. The messages are on the podcast. If you don't have Reverend David's podcast, you can download that on your device and you can listen to the messages and God will bless you greatly. Amen. Amen. Our announcement uh, for the rest of the week is that tomorrow we do have our prayer on um Zoom, amen, 8 p.m. prompt. We'll be praying on Zoom. We are praying very, very powerful prayer sessions. So join us and God will bless you. And this Saturday is our uh, outreach, amen, homeless outreach, amen, very, very powerful. If you've not been joining these outreaches, I tell you, don't, don't, you know, exempt yourself, you know, because God is really, really, God really does. You know, he, he, he always used us by his grace to do great things and minister to all these people out there. Amen. And it's, you know, it's a great feeling to know that you can also do something small, you know, for God. Amen. So just come out on Saturday. I think it's 2 p.m. We are going to be meeting here and then we will head on to downtown Dallas. The address we posted on the WhatsApp uh, platform. So just look out for it. God will richly bless you. And again, if you are coming, if you have anything like um, used uh, blankets, you know, things like that, you can bring it. You know, it will be a blessing to someone. Socks, if you, if you have socks and things like that. Amen. And God will bless you. Amen. Amen. And then Sunday is going to be Father's Day. Amen. 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 Shall welcome Reverend David back. Shall we? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you.